And so, going into The Last of Us, we had Pedro Pascal cast as Joel. We have Bella Ramsey as mm. Ellie. Who doesn't love Pedro Pascal? I know, right? <laughs> what a man. Excellent man. What a man, what a man, what a man. <laughs> I'm Michael. And I'm Zach. And welcome to E10+. Plus. The highly anticipated HBO show, HBO. The Last of Us. Yep. And that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I personally was really looking forward to HBO's The Last of Us. Me too. First of all, I've already talked about how I absolutely adore The Last of Us games, especially it's the first favorite. one, but yeah. Uh, favorite video, fa- favorite video game of all time at the present moment. And I was very excited for it when they announced they were making a show. I mean, it's the, it's the, there's the trepidation mm-hmm. of the announcement of a video game show. You're hoping that they're not going to screw <laughs> it over, give it a, yeah. make it leave a bad taste. Well, what's in your interesting mouth. is that these days it's really, um, it's very different than it used to be. You yeah. Know, for you sure. used to get an announcement for a video game movie i mean it's still kind of that way with movies but with shows specifically now like it it used to be that you like hear the announcement and you're like oh uh oh (laughs) it it would always be a sort of like campy and not really true to the game and so uh, yeah so it was always kind of scary when you got those announcements but now you get the announcements and you see the trailer and I'd say the majority of the time I see a trailer for, like, specifically shows. Mm-hmm. There are a lot and, more hits now than there are misses. And I, I see the trailer and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this looks really good. Yeah. And so going into The Last of Us, we had Pedro Pascal cast as Joel. We have Bella Ramsey as mm. Ellie. Who doesn't love Pedro Pascal? I know, right? <laughs> what a man. Excellent man. But yeah, so we have a good cast going in. The trailers made it look really good. Mm -hmm. And the past Sunday, not this most recent Sunday, but the Sunday before, Mm -hmm. the first episode dropped. At an hour and 20 minutes. An hour and 20 minutes long. And worth every minute. Holy cow. (laughs) They really, uh, they made the right call with the long run time. Man, I'm just grateful to live in this day and age where video game like <laughs> shows and stuff are like really good. Yeah, you know, I saw a lot about um, like other uh, dream casts for for the show. Oh, when it was uh, people have announced. a tendency to have dream casts for video game shows. One of the ones I've seen the most frequently that people will cast for is a Mass Effect TV show, which yeah. I would love to see, uh-huh. but I don't think it should follow the main storyline of the game, but that's something we'll talk about later. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people have the, those who they look forward to getting cast. Or mm-hmm. another one that's being discussed a lot right now is, I think it's Amazon wants to do a God of War show. Yes, And some people true. are saying, hey, you should cast Dave Bautista, and Christopher Judge is like, hey, you should cast Christopher <laughs> Judge. <laughs> uh-huh. Dreamcast for The Last of Us uh, 
it was pretty early on that we got the announcement of the cast, mm-hmm. like, and we saw Pedro that was one of Pesco. the first things that we had seen. Uh huh. And so that already got me excited. I know there were other people who, um, really wanted. I don't know if you saw this. A lot of people really wanted uh, Hugh Jackman to play. Joel. Oh, um, I could see that, but it'd be very old man Logan. Uh huh. And and that's why I'm like, Which I, is I not think we needed thing. Pedro Pascal, um, because he can play the, because Joel isn't an old man. He's middle aged, and that's part of what makes him so relatable. Mm. You know, to everybody who watches it, is they're like, that's, you know, that's me. You know, yeah. it, it, you can. Uh, relate to it more so than you would if it were <laughs> Hugh Jackman, Logan. You know those mo- that that movie had its place, but also it's Logan. You know it's that's a great movie on its own. He doesn't need to come back and do it again for <laughs> The Last of Us. Um, so I'm really glad with the cast we ended up with, and they have not been disappointing. Yeah, and so I I haven't seen uh, any gripes. About the show. So far, I've only heard praise. The Online. reviews have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. All of my friends who I've talked to have seen the show. They've loved it. Mm-hmm. It's just an incredible adaptation. Yeah. Everybody comparing so it to other um, other shows and, and dreaming about how good the, the other shows could have been, specifically Halo. Um, <laughs> when looking at The Last of Us and seeing how much care went into it so if if you for some reason haven't seen it for one go watch it but yeah. for two one of the interesting things about uh, the dynamic that we have right now is that i have not played the last of us that's correct video game michael has and so you're you're going into this knowing what happens. knowing what happens knowing the plot knowing what to expect and while i i know like the basis of what i know being uh i i had seen the opening scene of the show of of the uh video game game. i'd seen the opening scene to the time jump that's i think the extent of like direct gameplay that i've seen aside from little snippets of uh just sneaking around clickers and i know they're they're moving this girl uh, across the states to extract a cure from her that's my understanding like that's that's the extent of what i knew going into this and so it's uh how did it feel to you who uh, you know coming well well, one thing we should probably bring up is if you have not played the game uh, minor spoilers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Obviously, the show takes place during the course of the game, and they follows the main plot of the game. And they talk about how later on they're going to introduce some more like in depth elements, mm-hmm. and they also already have some of that in the first episode, which I'll talk about. We're not going to spoil any major twists but, that could come out. In yeah, the, just overall discussion for a uh-huh. an old video game. Right. Some plot points might mm-hmm. be brought up. And so, watching through the first episode, as someone who's played through the game and loves all these characters, it's first of all incredible to see how well they're done justice. Being able to see how Joel and Ellie interact with each other in the show, or uh, and um, Joel and his daughter Sarah as well, that's something that I especially loved the choice of, 
they expanded on that relationship between Joel and Sarah. And it's such a masterstroke because for the people going in from the video game, knowing what's going to happen, it's such... You, you do your best to try and avoid growing too attached to these, <laughs> these relationships, these characters. It's heartbreaking. Because it's, it's, it's just so heartbreaking. You, yeah, yeah. You, it's performed and beautifully. Like, that is some of the best acting I've seen in a long time. But you, you try to distance yourself, but they do such a fantastic job of making them likable, relatable, and you just want to connect with these people. They're fun to mm-hmm. watch. They're fun to be around. And then you, you know what's going to happen. You know it's coming. It's... But, it's, but you can't help but... You can't help but love them. Uh-huh. And then when you get into the uh, modern post-breakout, seeing just how downtrodden everything is, and something something specifically, I, I remember seeing some interviews about this, but they made the active choice to play down a lot of the combat that takes place in the game. Mm-hmm. And so the end of the first episode goes through a segment of the game where you're in the safe zone. But when you play through the video game, during this part, you're hunting down some guys who were on tests, and you're going around and shooting some people and stealthing some people. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more fighting. However, in the show, I don't think we see any fighting after the breakout except for one more moment right, right. before the end of the episode. And that moment is seen as a big deal. Yeah. The violence that you do see. There's violence that happens around the characters. But around the characters that you don't like see. Um, yeah, you hear like explosions behind walls, and gunshots, but um, you don't see a lot mm-hmm, of it until that that moment at the end. And then it's like, oh my gosh, this is dark and gritty. You know, like mm-hmm. that's that's the kind of effect that that moment has at the end of that first episode. But overall. It's incredible to watch and to see these characters. And I really look forward to seeing what else they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Great move having the intro to the, uh, to the show being like a, a, a an interview from like the sixties. This was something I was, Um, cause you had a specific point to this that you had made after we watched the first episode with the interview. Because this, this was something that was not in the game mm-hmm. that they just introduced. How they open up the show is this interview that takes place in the 60s with some scientists regarding uh, right. bacteria and fungus. And, mm-hmm. and like disease, disease. And, and viruses and, and pandemics. Which, which very timely. Right, right, very timely. And it's they, it was a very smart move to start off the show that way because I feel like that's the one thing that every zombie franchise does poorly is explaining why there is a zombie apocalypse. It's like, oh no, zombies! The scientists did something wrong! (laughs) Zombies! Oh no! You know, it's like that. Uh, But this one, it like starts off by like deep diving into into scientific, like into a... biology into into these funguses and and things that are real you know Mm -hmm. it's it's real life and it explains it i saw a breakdown video of the science that they describe in it and it's all entirely accurate yeah like um obviously the end result is overplayed for the sake of there being a zombie apocalypse but the science itself is sound 
And it's something, because uh, you had brought up, we had been watching it, and you're like, yeah, this is interesting or, or whatever, but it like, why should I really care? And then they they specifically said, unless the climate rises, mm-hmm. then there's a reason for the fungus to adapt to surviving yeah, human bodies. It, it, yeah. And you said that was an oh shoot moment for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because the, the uh, you know, they're talking about the fungus and, and they're like, this fungus is like a zombie fungus and it controls ants and it tries to spread however it can. So, you know, sure, biting would make sense, but, you know, it doesn't make sense for the fungus to live in humans because it, it can't comfortably live in the in the body temperature. It, it doesn't live in a hot enough climate um, for it to need to live in humans, for it to be able to. Um, it couldn't survive in our in our body temperature. And then he's like, well, if, if the globe for some reason warmed up <laughs> for some reason for, nudge, for nudge, one reason point. or another got warmer then it would give the uh, fungus a reason to adapt to uh, live in in warmer climates and therefore be able to live in our bodies and do the same things that it does to the ants and, and other bugs it takes over and yeah so I you know I was watching and I was like oh interesting interesting Oh wait, that's for real though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's real life. <laughs> wait, oh no! Uh-oh. Run, zombies! <laughs> um, yeah, so that uh, it was really cool, and the fact that that it in itself was the uh, the intro, and then you get the the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Really cool move. I really liked it. And oh my gosh, playing the. The Last of Us theme, like uh-huh. the original Last of <laughs> yeah. Us theme, and it's just ah oh, chills down my spine. I love mm-hmm. it so much. And also, the show does an incredible job with being like building tension, mm-hmm. because that's that's something I had brought up when talking about it. The reason I stayed away from the game is because I was worried about being scared. <laughs> and I'm aware that they're like Outlast or PT or whatever you're playing is probably mm-hmm. scarier because. Last of Us is more of an action-adventure game than anything else. Yeah. But there are still, like, thriller elements to it. But in the show, already, they do such a good job doing the classic horror stuff to build up Uh tension without using jump scares. Yeah. Um, There's a part where Sarah's in a neighbor's house, and their grandma, first of all... Oh, my Not to be ageist, but old people are scary. (laughs) (laughs) A little ageist, but I I agree. (laughs) But um, there's this one grandma, and she's out of focus in the back of the back of the scene. Oh my God. And Sarah's here looking through a collection of DVDs, and the grandma just starts twitching, and her head starts writhing back. And her and she mouth starts, starts opening ah. really wide, and you just like it's oh, turn around. It's really freaky. It's so like, creepy. Honestly, the scariest part of the first episode, <laughs> oh, so good. like, was just that that moment. Like, ugh. And from what I've heard, we can expect more of it to play into the thriller and horror Mm -hmm. elements uh, later on in the show, which I honestly really look forward to because I hate being scared, but I also love being scared. I love it. And so so I I look forward to it. I love what they're uh, honestly, I'm such a fan of when it's when it's well done. I really appreciate it, whether it's uh, freaky, whether, you know, whether it's scary or it's uh, heartbreaking, like we were talking about earlier. Like, honestly, at those moments, Joel's daughter dying, like, at, at that moment. Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Skip, skip, uh... Skip the first 30 minutes <laughs> of the TV show. <laughs> um, but, like, I'm, I'm... At, at this moment in the show, 
I'm sitting there crying, but I've got a big smile on my face. I'm like, yeah, they're doing so good. Oh my gosh, it was so. And well. so, like, just man, I'm I'm really excited for for where it's going. Like already, you you can tell at the start of something if it's gonna be good. This is gonna be good. Mm-hmm. And it helps when you're coming from such a already well written game yeah. as The Last of Us. When you've got such a sound plot and, mm-hmm. and well put together. Yeah. The show uh, is rated. There's like a different rating for television shows, like TV, whatever. It's it's essentially mature. TV Emmy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. In the first episode, we there isn't actually too much gore besides the old people eating old people. Yeah. Um, there's there's a general uh, uh, morphing of of uh, bodies that you get from like zombies, like they yeah, look like the, zombies, so it's like you know the twitchy and the uh-huh. animated dead thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of blood smacking people's faces in the sledgehammer. Um, it was like a wrench at the beginning. Oh, right. I was like, what? When did yeah, that happen? Um, <laughs> Violent So, so just like, m- looking as to, is this a show you could share with children? Yes. <laughs> show your children. It's debatable. <laughs> no. I, it's, it's not too uh, violent in the first episode. Obviously, it's incredibly traumatic, that first scene. Mm-hmm. Again, acted so well. Um, there is a lot of swearing, if that's not your thing. Yeah. It's, but, I mean, you'll you'll know your, uh, your kids. Yeah. Um, it's... It's it's less um if if you're familiar with HBO's other content it's yeah it's not nearly as it's much more mild um it is mm-hmm. MA for language violence but as of the first episode the violence yeah it's not too bad uh, it's not so bad as as we've said we only have high hopes for the future of HBO's The Last of Us HBO's The Last of Us. I really look forward. There are some things from the video game that I really hope they do well. I hope so too. Yeah, I don't. Um, but but there are like specific <laughs> scenes that I have in okay. mind that I don't yeah. want to say because I, you haven't right, seen. Right, right. But um, there there are some things that I just really look forward to seeing brought to screen. How they're gonna do mm-hmm. it. Uh, Nick Offerman is going to show up later in the show. Yeah. But that was another interesting thing is they decided to end this episode after the credits with a. Uh, what's coming yeah and next the, time the, is that something i think hbo does that don't they not always they didn't do it on on peacemaker oh yeah um, i guess not yeah it's it's not for all their shows i think that's a creative choice mm. for the, the but yeah so they had a next director. time on and so we got to see we actually got to see what some of the clickers look like i think they show a picture of the bloater uh-huh. before we end but it's it's so Really great, and so from excited. for me, from the perspective of somebody who has not played the video game, oh my gosh, like I'm not I'm not the biggest in, into uh, zombie franchises for the reason I said earlier, where where often they feel kind of lazy to me. <laughs> it's just like oh zombies, um, yeah. This one I was going into because I know the love of The Last of Us, and I'm like, okay, I I I'm going to watch this one. Um. And man, I'm glad that I did. If if you're if you're not somebody who enjoys being scared, I would still recommend giving at least the first episode a try because I it was not too too intense. Intense. Um, like it it was, you know, 
as as intense as, as it uh, would be for a zombie apocalypse to start in mm. the real world. But it it's not the 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 scariness is is not overdone. Like it's it feels as much of a it feels as much like a drama as it does like a thriller or like a horror. So mm-hmm. I would recommend giving the first episode a try, even if you're not into scary things. And so we're in a hopeful age, like we've been talking about, where video game adaptations are seeing a lot better results. They're mm-hmm. being worked on by people who care. They're being given a lot of time and attention. And that kind of brings us to a question. What makes a good video game adaptation? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I'm curious to hear what you were going to say about Mass Effect, because one of my biggest things is that how much work goes into that video game when it is first put together, when it's a good game, mm-hmm. like w- when it's not just rushed out and uh, like that. When it's a good game and and you you've got this really well-crafted story and, and really well-crafted experience that, that your audience gets to be a part of, and then you want to make an adaptation and... Uh, for me, often the ones that are the absolute worst are the ones that say, oh, that's interesting. Let me take the name of the main character and make some random plot. <laughs> and I'm like, this is dumb. Why, like, mm-hmm. it, those are the ones that always fall flat for me because I'm like, why would you, you have a great thing here. What are you, <laughs> Yeah. like, why are you just throwing that out to attempt to write your own thing? Don't. If you're a da- like, if you want to do an original piece, just do an original piece. Yeah, for sure. Don't try to make money off of the name of the game when you could just do write your own thing. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, like you're just gonna make people hate your piece. My my biggest thing is, is. Uh, a lot of the time studios will take like the middle ground. Like we saw this with Uncharted, where like left Tom Holland. I don't think he should have played Nathan Drake, but that was that was one mistake of them. But Nathan Fillion was right there. Yeah, Nathan Fillion. He was fantastic. right there. He did that fan film for Uncharted, <laughs> and that was so good. But this, that's besides the point. Because my biggest thing with Uncharted is I love treasure hunting movies, no matter how stupid or well-written they are. I just love treasure hunting. Mm-hmm. And so it was a fun thing to watch. Like, I enjoyed watching it. But as an Uncharted movie, like, if you took away Uncharted, changed the names of the characters, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is like Uncharted. Except mm-hmm. for maybe the plane scene, which yeah. was iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what Uncharted is good at. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they decided to, like you were saying, they took the name of the characters, mm-hmm. they took the name of the franchise, and did a new backstory for Nathan Drake. He was sti- <laughs> like he was playing young Nathan Drake, but I I couldn't tell if he was supposed to be old or not uh, <laughs> because Tom <laughs> Holland just looks like a child. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but again, no offense, that's good for him, but. The thing is, they they, Spider-Man. Yeah, he he is fantastic as Spider-Man. But they take everything that Uncharted had, and they're like, "That's nice," and they throw it away. Uh huh. And they just kind of do their own thing with it, and completely ignore the existing lore of the game. Because even if they had played to the young Nathan thing, they Mm could have taken. There's a whole gap in the game where we have some flashbacks to young Nathan. We have flashbacks to him with his brother, and flashbacks to him with Sully. And you could have adapted some of those scenes 
and then played off of those and fed into that and built more of the lore building up to the main games. Mm-hmm. And I think that a video game adaptation should either be as faithful as possible or build on already established lore. But it can't be in between because then it's just straying too far from what people are expecting or what people want to see. And so my thoughts with a Mass Effect show is in a game that's so focused on player choice, making a show based around Commander Shepard, who can either be a John or a Jane Shepard, uh, and who whose choices significantly impact what happens next, I think it'd be a really hard sell unless you did like almost a split series where you had a Paragon series and a Renegade series. Hmm. But I think the best way to do it would be to ha- have some of the characters who Shepard uh, works with or maybe just your own characters, but put them in this universe and build on the existing lore because Mass Effect has so much cool stuff behind. Like you can make a First Contact War TV show and I would watch the heck out of that because that would be so cool. But it's just, for me, I think an adaptation should, I've I've just said this, but should build on existing lore or be a very faithful adaptation to the game itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, I, I feel like they should keep to their source material. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't trail off and do something else. And if if you want to do that, if you want to do something else, don't use a franchise that has a well put a well crafted story, like Uncharted. It's like any of those games, every single one of them had great stories. Absolutely. And so why throw all those away to make some random... It's like, no, we would have enjoyed seeing one of those brought to live action. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool. Um, if you want to, to, to throw together your own plot using an already existing video game franchise, let's look at, at one of the better uh, accepted adaptation movies. Critically, this one was did, did kind of meh, mm-hmm. but audience response people really liked it mortal kombat yeah 2018 um 2021 that was way more recent than i thought (laughs) um that was well received by the audience and they and they they took uh yeah it's built on a video game franchise but guess what play any mortal kombat game what is the the least important part of it? <laughs> the story, you know. I I'm sorry to those of you out there who exclusively play Mortal the Mortal Kombat for the plot, <laughs> but that's not what any of us play for. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, you can use that and and put together the story that you want in a cool way, and people are gonna like it. And like, sure, like the Mortal Kombat movie had some of its flaws. Like some people mm-hmm. were like, this main character isn't in the games and I don't yeah. really relate with him and they had that thing where you had to have a brand to get in the tournament which I guarantee they're going to do away with now that they've tested the waters uh-huh. but <laughs> the reason that we watched that movie was for the fights and oh my <laughs> gosh they were so much fun and the the one like that's a violent movie I, I don't think I need to say that but <laughs> the Mortal, Kombat Mortal Kombat movie Kombat. is violent but there's this one part where the uh, Kung Lao uses his hat to saw someone in half, and oh my gosh, it is so cool. <laughs> like, who needs plot when you have stuff like that? That's just awesome. There, It's just if you want to make a, an adaptation and you don't want to 
found it on on plot that you have, then there are several video game franchises mm. for you. Guess what? The Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> the second one did not do as well as the first one did, mm-hmm. but the first one did quite well. It was actually and enjoyable. it was actually like quite well taken in mm-hmm. by by the audience by the video game uh, uh, community. Community, like all of us were like, yeah, this is fine. We're fine with this. Um, like, and it's it's because you're taking something that's not got a, a, a plot that we're waiting to see brought to live action. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, same thing with Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Which, again, we were like, yeah, this is fine. We're fine with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there was no giant, you know, uh, rebelling Boycotts against, you know, boycott of, of, of Detective Pikachu or, or Sonic the Hedgehog. And it's because you there are franchises that you can do that to. So if you wanna if you wanna make a a video game adaptation off of an already existing piece, and you don't want to use its plot that it already made, then choose one without a plot. <laughs> <laughs> They're there. But I think as well we see a sort of dichotomy between like two absolutely fantastic shows that came out recently that we have only sung praise to, uh, Arcane and Cyberpunk Edge Runners, because Arcane. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of like real diehard League of Legends fans will be like, ah, it contradicts the lore. But <laughs> honestly, Arkane, <laughs> <laughs> Arkane a, tells a backstory <laughs> for a lot of these characters to most people who don't much care to <laughs> read into this mm-hmm. stuff. And it like establishes who these characters are, gives them so much substance, and it's incredible, and it builds into what League of Legends is, mm-hmm. which is a game without any story. <laughs> and right. um, and then you have Cyberpunk Edge Runners, where it doesn't take the story of the main game of Cyberpunk, but it throws but you into the it world. It gives you the world, you like you're have. in Night City, and mm. so you go to places that people recognize, From and the game. hear names of characters that people recognize. And like spoiler alert, but when Adam Smasher shows up in the show, oh my, and gosh. just how easily he decimates David at the end, it's like oh my gosh, and that's something that again, like I was saying. Do something that builds on the lore because for people, when you play the game of cyberpunk and you get to fighting Adam Smasher, V becomes an absolute monster and just goes through Adam Smasher. But when he first shows up, he's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And so having more substance when you look at something like Edge Runners, where David becomes incredibly souped up, he's wearing the battle mech thing. Right. And he's absolutely decimating trucks and tanks and guards. And then he gets to Adam Smasher, and Adam Smasher wipes the floor with him. They do such a good job of building this character Mm -hmm. who we've seen only a little bit in the game, but just adding more menace and depth to them. If if you're comfortable with uh, TVMA shows, I would highly recommend you watch Edge Runners. It's, uh, It's an anime... Which, uh, if you're listening to this, you likely play video games, which means you likely watch anime. Um, (laughs) That's not to say everybody is like, I don't watch anime. (laughs) I don't watch anime. Um, Not to say that watching anime is a bad thing. Like, there are several very, very good shows. And so I I was kind of uh, sitting out on Edge Runners just because I I don't uh, gravitate towards anime. Um, So if, if that's something that's like putting you off like you're not interested because of that I would recommend giving it a shot because I loved that show just really well done um, and it it really brings you into the world of, of cyberpunk and uh, 
you you get into Night City and you're you're there. Like it, it shows you so much of it, and it it really does. Uh, honestly, for me, like I finished the show, and I was like, okay, I know what I'm what game I'm playing again, <laughs> and I, I started another playthrough of, of of Cyberpunk. And it's incredible because it's incredible because you're not the only person who thought that. No. Uh, CD Projekt Red saw their numbers soar up. In oh yeah, players absolutely, and they have not gone down after Edge Runners. Like they're still up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which says um, something as well that the care they put into fixing mm-hmm. the game. If you're not uh, into TVMA uh, shows, then watch Arcane. Um, I mean, watch Arcane even if you like TVMA yeah, shows. Yeah, Arcane is Arcane a is masterpiece. Really good. I, I prefer Edge Runners. Um, I really, really like that show. Um, but Arcane is, is really strong, and, and you prefer Yeah, I, I prefer Arcane. Yeah. It's a little slower paced than Edge Runners. Mm-hmm. It's uh, more character driven, I would say. Yeah. But both of them are great shows. Yeah. And adaptations. Yeah, and they're adaptations of popular video games. Here's the deal that's a, a really. Because uh, as an adaptation, it's, it's pulling from the video game world that already exists. Edge Runners does not just take the plot of Cyberpunk 2077, the video game, and turn it into a show, but it also doesn't take the lead character from that game yeah. and say, this is the character, now we're going to have him go on some exactly. random adventure. It's a whole new set of characters that we've never right. met before, and they just also exist in this world. Like there are little Easter eggs in the uh, in the in the game Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven that make like the tiniest references to the names of the characters mm-hmm. in Edge Runners, and it's like okay, this is the same universe, and that's such a cool way to connect them without throwing out the entire plot of twenty seventy seven. You know, we have this, but we also have this. Yeah. Like we have them both at the same time, and they work together instead of against each other. All of this is not to say that every video game adaptation from now on henceforth is perfect. As we said, Uncharted has its issues. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, the Halo show got approved for a season two. Apparently, it's the most successful thing on Paramount Plus, which might say something about Paramount Plus. I, <laughs> but that throws me, no way. Halo is more 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 well received than uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. No <laughs> way. I do not believe that. Not for a second. Paramount Plus is lying. They just wanted to do a season two of Halo for some reason. <laughs> and that's another... We're playing into what we've been talking about. They take this lead main character, who everyone knows so well, and they throw him into a random adventure that, while like it's a show based in the Halo universe, it doesn't feel like Master Chief. No. And a lot of it is just, it doesn't feel like what we want. And so, like, again, playing into what I would do for an adaptation, the Halo universe is chock full of lore. There is so much lore to it. Mm -hmm. And so, you want to make a Halo show, why don't you show us um, Reach? Show us Noble Six. Mm -hmm. Show us um, that, show us humanity expanding. Because there's so much content to play with that you don't need Master Chief. Mm -hmm. And, And that's another thing. I saw some interview that said they want to make the Halo show for military families or like for kids who watch football with their dad and not like nothing against those groups of people in specific. But I'm saying targeting their show towards an audience 
who isn't familiar with it means that they don't have to use Master Chief because they won't okay. recognize who that is. They right. don't have to use Cortana. They don't have to. And so here's here's the thing from Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. And here's what I want to say. Big rock man. <laughs> the Halo show, the people who come to watch the Halo show because it's Halo will watch it regardless of if Master Chief or other named characters are in the show. Mm-hmm. The people who are watching the Halo show because it seems cool and they saw the commercials are not going to watch it because of Master Chief or Cortana. Mm -hmm. And the Halo show could have been so much better if it was not about Master Chief. I think an excellent example of this is Forward Unto Dawn. While not, an, while not a fantastic or awe-inspiring movie by enemy, any means, it's still a fun show and it's not about Master Chief. Uh, it's about Lasky, I believe in his name is. I haven't watched it or played Halo in a while. But I think it's about Lasky and his training as he's going through, like, boot camp and everything. And uh, it's an interesting story. You're following these people. And then Master Chief shows up and saves him at the end. And that's super cool. And we only need the five minutes of Master Chief that we have mm -hmm. as he's fighting the Covenant off and protecting them. And so... I have a lot of things to say. You can say the, stuff now. Uh, here's the, the deal with the Halo show. It, it, it kind of uh, is is the reverse of what we got from something like Mortal Kombat, um, where Mortal Kombat was, uh, again, we, we talked about this earlier, but critically it did not do that well. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gave it uh, 54%, but the audience score was an 86, yeah, that's which substantial. is really high. The Halo show... The, the critics gave it a... Uh, well, the, the audience gave it a 52. Yeah. Which is lower than the Mortal Kombat score from the critics. Um, the, the audience gave it a 52. The critics gave it a 70. Hmm. Which feels high for me because everything I have seen about it online has been negative. Yeah. <laughs> like every, like every, every uh, video gamer uh, perspective uh, of review of it, I just is... Not positive. Yeah. And so I don't know what critics watch this show or, or why they... They just haven't played the games. They, they just, yeah. Like going going into like the actual reviews, the uh, the, the critics who, who, who bring up their experience in the video game are the ones who rated it lower. That tracks. And so it's like, it's... If, if you're upsetting the base of people who the show should be made for, <laughs> then the, you're on Maybe the you wrong track. Like, it, 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 it kind of shows it, it's, do you want to make the show, and here, I know the answer, but do you want to make the show to make money, or do you want to <laughs> make the show so that the base, the, so, so that the group who has been anticipating... And, and been excited for this show gets what they want you know <laughs> are you are you doing it to make people happy or to give yourself money and uh-huh <laughs> and it's like it's very clear which one is being done it's like this this is just being built off of the name of halo so that it can make more money than it would have and it's worked apparently but mm. nobody's happy with it <laughs> Like, can we just talk about the mistake of having Master Chief take off his helmet? Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> I, yeah, I... 
we we've got a we we've still got the the hits and misses and we'll see what happens with uh we had a whole episode on this we'll see what happens with the super mario bros movie mm-hmm. um that one is looking better with each trailer that comes out i worry that chris pratt will take the whole thing down which that's, is upsetting. that's my biggest thing is um, uh, as, as you've said i have actually started to look forward to the movie just like it seems like a fun romp mm-hmm. um but Chris Pratt's movie. voice could be very distracting. It, it, it's thrown me off, man. <laughs> like I, Every time he talks. <laughs> it's like Sonic's teeth from the original <laughs> trailer. For, it's it's just like, it's just wrong. Yeah, it's not it okay. Right. Unlike we thought maybe we could bully the studio enough for them to change it, but that's kind of a bigger thing to change, I think. I don't know if it's bigger. I feel like that's a lot of money to re make yeah, I would whole, argue it's easier to, to hire a new voice actor movie. to read through some lines uh-huh. than to <laughs> reanimate. They just them. don't want to. Unless, of course, you're one of those people who believes that they just released a ugly looking Sonic for the trailer, but really I, it was I their plan to have the regular Sonic the whole time. I don't believe that. What an interesting conspiracy. <laughs> That'd be what a stupid idea. It's so convoluted. Have... Let's make people hate us <laughs> and then we'll change and it. And then they'll be grateful and then that they'll we be thankful. It, and then they'll want to come see the that's movie. That's such an interesting idea. That's stupid. There's that's not true. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> that's definitely not what happened. Um so yeah. Here's the deal. Halo is greenlit for season two. I really hope they listen to listen feedback. to feedback. I honestly, I give them a 50-50 shot that they'll listen to it, which is higher than I could say. You know, like I, I think it is possible that they will actually try this time. Um, but we'll, we'll see. But in the meantime, we have The Last of Us, and that's more than enough for me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll rewatch Edge Runners <laughs> and Arcane. And we have a lot to look forward to in the future, as there's we mentioned. There's season two of Arcane coming out. Season two of Arcane has been announced. Do we know when? We have no idea when, but yeah. it's it's coming at some point in time. And I'm I'm glad they're taking their time on it because mm-hmm. again, first season was so well crafted. Yeah. I want them to take their time and make no it. No season well. two of Edge Runners, but what can you do? It's understandable. Understandable. Watch the show. Watch the show. It is really good. <laughs> really show. good. Um, you have uh. An Assassin's Creed Netflix series. You have a Destiny. I believe Netflix is also who partnered with Bungie. Um, <laughs> that's the thing because people are iffy in hearing like another Assassin's Creed adaptation after the movie. Mm-hmm. But Netflix has been doing really well with their video game stuff, and so it's, I it's typically just cautiously when they, when optimistic. Because that's the the thing about Netflix and about. Um, uh, HBO is that on their streaming services they tend to give a lot of liberty to their creators to the d- directors of the projects which is why when you've got a good director the projects mm-hmm. turn out so well it's because it, they've got full creative liberty you just want people working on these projects who are passionate about <sighs> mm-hmm. the work and not the money right 